This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Hello, I'm Owen Morgan and welcome to the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Is that question mark meant to be there? I am now honoured to declare the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup 2019 in England and Wales open. Trust me, you won't want to miss any of it. He sweeps in the air and straight towards Stokes who takes an incredible one-handed catch. It's important on and the first victory for England has been completed. Well, what a start. Welcome to the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. We're finally underway. I'm Jonathan Agnew at the Oval, where England have beaten South Africa in the tournament opener by 104 runs. And we saw one of the most incredible catches in World Cup history. Michael Vaughan and Andy Zaltzman are with me. We'll hear from Ben Stokes on that catch later. We'll also hear from the former South African captain, Graham Smith, the England test all-rounder, Sam Curran, who's been with us in the TMS box all day today on life growing up in a cricket-mad family, taking hat-tricks in the IPL and his hopes for the Ashes. The TMS podcast, available every day during the Cricket World Cup. So the opening match of the World Cup was won by England, comfortably enough, by 104 runs. They set a score of 311 for eight and chasing those 312 to win, South Africa bowled out for 207, so England winning by 104 runs. Highlights for England, 50s for Roy, Root, Morgan, and a very good 89 from Ben Stokes. Johnny Bairstow's out for the second ball of the game, uh, the first one that he faced. It was a, a lovely tactical switch by Faf Duplessis, the South African captain, bringing on the leg spinner Imran Tahir to bowl the first over of the match, and it worked too with Bairstow just nibbling a catch behind, Butler made 18, Moen 3, Wokes 13, and some useful runs at the end added actually by Plunkett and Archer, so in go uh, South Africa, they immediately lost Amla, uh, hit a horrible blow uh, in the grill actually from Archer, he'd retired hurt and didn't come back for some time, and was eventually out for 13 when the score was 193 for 8 and the game was all over, De Kock played well, 68, interesting incident when he, well he appeared to be bold, the ball certainly hit the stumps pretty hard, uh, the zingers all went off, the flashers went, but the bales didn't fall off. So he survived on 25, eventually made 68. Van der Dusen made a hard-hitting 50, but apart from Filiqueo at the end, who made 24, they chipped away. England managed to uh, nibble away through those wickets, with Archer taking 3 for 27, Plunkett 2 for 37, and Ben Stokes, who took an absolutely brilliant catch out on the uh, deep mid-wicket boundary. If you see a better catch than that throughout this whole tournament, and I accept there's still, <laughs> there's still six and a half weeks to go, but if you see a better catch than that during the tournament, well, I want to make sure that I'm there to see it, because this one was absolutely outstanding. One-handed, right-handed, stretching up high above his head. That is absolutely brilliant. So, uh, so he had a good game too for the Quay out for, for 24. So, there we go. Uh, let's start with Sam Curran, shall we, who's been uh, enjoying a day up here in the commentary box for the first time. I suspect down there in the dressing room, they'll be, they'll be saying, job done, won't they? Yeah, I think it was pretty, pretty clinical in the end by England. Obviously, losing Johnny earlier was pretty not ideal, but then they showed how good they are as a team. Every day, it seems like a different batter turns up on their day. That's why I think, as I said earlier, none of them have got the fear of failure. I think it's a massive, massive part of the team. And obviously, the boys bowled beautifully. And um, as you said, Joffre in the power play there brought the extra pace and ruffled a few feathers of the South Africans. And obviously, it's great to see and obviously a great win. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at Ben Stokes being uh, presented as, as as player of the match and quite. I mean, he, I wonder how much that catch will do him some good actually, because he just. I mean, with the, with the ball, he's, he's he's been a bit understated. I think it's fair to say for a while now, hasn't he? And it, it, you know, I wonder how much today those runs, that catch, Ben Stokes firing at the start of the tournament. I wonder how much good that'll do him, Michael. Oh, you, you generally look at any team's success is is geared around your all-rounder. You know, you look at great English moments, Ian Botham in the 80s, Freddie Flintoff, Ben Stokes finding form in the first game of the World Cup is, is a huge boost for England. He's not been in tremendous form with the bat, but I thought today's innings was really smart. You know, and that's the way that I would describe the England performance was smart. I guess that's the one question that you, you could say of this England one day side over the last two or three years is that sometimes they haven't played smart cricket and they've allowed the opposition in by going a bit too gung-ho. Well, today I thought they played such a smart game by just getting that number on the board. If they'd have gone for 360, potentially they'd only got 260. And they just made sure, particularly Ben Stokes, just held it in there. The slow balls were hard to hit and he just kept his composure. You could see at one stage he was getting a bit frustrated that he wasn't hitting the ball for four and six, but he just hung in there and hung in there. And it's just a lesson to the team today that you've just got to get a score. You know, it's just got to be good enough on that given day, and it ended up being plenty. But when you get your all-rounder getting 89, taking a catch in front of the masses, uh, as good a catch as you're ever going to see, and then yeah. getting two for nothing off his two-point-whatever overs, you know, to, to have him... Have him in that kind of form at the start of the World Cup is a tremendous boost for the team. Let's go and join Charles Daggle, who is with Ben Stokes. Well, Ben, congratulations. What a perfect start for the team. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, there's a, I'm sure there's a few nerves uh, kicking around this morning. I was, you know, uh, never felt like that in quite a long time, to be honest, this morning when we came into the ground. So um, it's always nice to get the uh, uh, first game out of the way, but to come away with it with a win, um, you know, it's a fantastic start. You say that because you've seemed ready now for not just the Pakistan series, but even longer than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we played amazing cricket over the last four years, but when you get to the these type of moments, um, sort of things you know start fresh I guess um, obviously we come in with uh, some really good momentum but um, there's just that extra added bit of pressure when you come to a World Cup um, so to perform like we did today is, is a you I think uh, actually I think that's the best we fielded in about two or three years to be honest the all-round we were absolutely brilliant the amount of runs that we saved there especially Jason Roy obviously set the standards there at backward points so to start like that is brilliant um, and hopefully we can carry on from there talk about that wicket because you know we're so used to you getting 350 plus almost borderline 400 scores so at 311 for eight in the context of things it, you know it actually seems like a poor effort from you but it, it, the wicket did play a little bit differently perhaps than how you thought yeah it did I think towards the end they were really really hard to get away they they bowled their player to their plans really well took all the pace off the ball and we actually didn't really know where we're going to get our boundaries from but um, you know, it proves where we've came um, over the last two years that we can get up to 311 and not be disappointed, but sort of, uh, I think if that was a couple of years ago, we might have crumbled a bit and maybe got 270, 280, which would have been easier to um, chase down. But that 300 mark is always a psychological thing, especially when you're chasing. Did you feel at the halfway stage that that was a par total, a good total? How did you feel? Uh, well, at the start of the day, Ruti and J. Roy sent messages back saying uh, spout a 310 wicket, uh, maybe 330 if someone gets in and, and goes on and gets a big one. Um, so at halfway stage, we were happy with what we got. Joffre Archer, he's he's a real find for you guys, and especially <laughs> up front with, with the damage he can create. I mean, yeah, he's been talked up a lot, um, and he's handled the pressure really well. Obviously, he's been um, spoken about by you know every man and their dog, um, but he's you know he's risen, he's risen to the occasion every time he's put the shirt on, and today was another performance um, which you can which you can look at, and then you know the future looks very bright for him in England. 
I've asked five questions without asking it, but I'm going to ask you now. Your catch. Yeah. Talk us through your catch. I mean, that was <laughs> another wonderful moment. You think back to Trent Bridge, but what a feeling that must be for you to take such a, a stunning effort. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I was actually in the wrong position. I was about probably 10 yards further in than I should have been. So if I was in the right position, it would have been uh, the regulation catch. But I mean, that feeling for about five seconds when I was facing the crowd and everybody was up cheering, it was yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Morgs actually asked me before I bowled my first ball of my spell, um, saying, how's your heart going? Are you all right? You settled down now? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right now. Do you want to hear the commentary of it? Uh, all right then. <laughs> okay, let me put my headphones on you. Yeah? Your reaction. Here we go. Drinks break is done. Pit is on strike and he's facing Adil Rashid. He sweeps in the air and straight towards Stokes, who takes an incredible one-handed catch. Unbelievable. Jumping in the air and somehow plucking it out of nowhere. <laughs> well, you have to smile. What a catch. He never looked like he was going to get anywhere near it came in, he went back and was going to sail over his head and he stuck up the right hand and the big celebration has followed because that is a wonderful catch. It's going to take a lot to beat that in this World Cup. This is absolutely incredible. He's a couple of paces off the boundary rope. He jumps in the air and somehow grabs it with his right hand. And he was past uh, the perpendicular as well. Incredible catch to get rid of uh, Andile Peclacuayo. Should have said fluke. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better hearing it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those which, you know, they stick. Um, on another day, they don't. But, yeah, it was an amazing feeling for that five seconds from the crowd. With the ball, with the batting in the field, you must be delighted with your own performance today. Yeah, good start. Um, you know, individually, it's always nice to, to get some runs. Um, you know, I don't want to say get a, uh, burgle a few at the end. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the, the full team performance, I don't think we can, um, you know, have anything bad to say about how we all performed today because, you know, it was a phenomenal team performance. Congratulations. Well played. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Lovely interview. Well done, uh, Charlie. Thank you much indeed. And well done, Ben Stokes, uh, for a terrific game. It's nice for him to be able to listen back to that commentary too. I guess I go back to that point again. I mean, for, for Stokes in particular, who we, we know he's had a, a pretty troubled time over the 18 months, and people have talked about that. I wonder what influence it makes. Well, I'm trying to work out if it's a better catch than he took in the ashes at Trent Bridge. Oh, OK. I'm trying to work that out. Yeah. yeah, in terms of difficulty, I mean, I, I wouldn't have even dared dream to go for a catch like that. <laughs> it, the fact that he was out of position, he's admitted that himself, he was out of position by a few yards. And it's the way he makes it look so easy. You know, to try and kind of return your arm the other, arm the other way and catch a ball and it to go straight in the middle of his palm yeah. and then to roll over and it's still to stay in his hand. And then he springs up as if it was like the, the easiest thing in the world to do. I mean, that's what great all-rounders can do. I was they can say, make aren't, aren't some people just a bit special? <laughs> they could just they could just do a, a moment of magic like that. Agility, awareness, everything around that catch was was special. Yes. You know, and he he is a special cricketer. They they just have this knack, those kind of cricketers that can just do things on the stage like this. It's a World Cup opener. You know, grab the headlines. Yeah. You know, make sure that you are the picture the next morning. You know, England have played great. The team have played tremendous, but really quality all around is just have that knack of doing things that uh, many other players can't even dream about doing you do practice his boundary catches don't you say i mean you often see you right there on the boundary edge you're you're, you're aware of where the boundary is and, and yeah i and think so. on that point is stokes he's always the first one to fielding and last one to leave as well he's kind of 
everyone says he does do everything 100% the whole time and probably fielding he does it 110%. He chucks, a, he chucks it from the boundary during training at 1,000 miles an hour into the keepers and that kind of stuff. But you've seen that and you, Stokes, he does it so in so often that it's almost like a normal. Obviously, everyone's going to see that as the best catch. It's probably going to be the best catch in the tournament, even though it's the first game. But um, now Stokes, he is pretty, he's pretty special. And um, those are the guys you want in your team who change games like that. As Vaughan, said in the middle of the World Cup final, Stokes, he's the guy who's going to be taking the ball, scoring runs, taking catches. And those moments change games and win your World Cups. I yeah. mean, the way that he's been, I mean, he, he's a hard trainer. Sam just mentioned he's always the, the first out there, the last to leave works with the bat in hand, the ball in hand and, and in the field. It, he is training so hard, whether it's in the gym, you see him on Instagram at night, he's in the gym. You know, he has got this focus about him at the minute. Yeah, he you know, he's got this, this look in his eyes, this look in his persona that this is his moment. You know, there's times in your career that you know that this is your moment to really, really shine. He's only young, but you just feel that whatever happened in Bristol has gone, uh, he's learned from it, he's become a more mature person and you just feel that this next six weeks we've got Joffre Archie who's going to be a superstar I can see that quite easily but you're all round the middle the engine room mm. to win major tournaments your engine room and the one individual that's in this England team's engine room is Ben Stokes and what a start he's just made. Uh, Imran Tahir is now with Charles Dagnall. Yeah Imran obviously not the start that you would have wanted today for your campaign where did it go wrong for you today? I just think that um, Personally, it was a good wicket. Um, so, uh, to be honest with you, I think we, we did a great job to stick England 300. Um, I thought it was going to be 370, 380. Um, but we, we did really well as a bowling group, I think. Um, but obviously, there is, uh, I think, lack of a little bit uh, concentration from batters. But, I mean, that's how it goes uh, during the game, I think. But for me, I think uh, if we just bat it till 40, 40 overs, three down, we had a very good chance and I think we had a chance today but uh, I mean good, obviously good. Um, the way they came back England bowlers obviously they bowled really well and fielded really well so uh, credit goes to them really. Uh, I mean you say about the plan for Johnny Bairstow and for Jason Roy I imagine to, to open with you. It's a role that you've done before in white ball cricket both in 220 and, and now in 50 overs, overs cricket. Might we see that maybe continue over the course of the summer or does that depend on the opposition that you face? Um, yeah, I think it's depend um, how we plan uh, opposition and every opposition, like you mentioned. So, um, look, I did I did have opportunity uh, and it was a plan and I did bowl in a couple of games with the new ball. So that was a practice for me, uh, which helps, always a help. Um, and then, yeah, just been doing practice with the new ball. But look, obviously that's not sure, but I think uh, we've got a guys in our teams, uh, Dale Stain, Lungi and Rabada, who can bowl 145 to 150. So don't need me to bowl with a new ball. But look, like I said, um, if um, it will be a plan against any opposition, I'm, I'm there to obviously put my hand up and uh, be ready uh, to do the job what team required from me. Well, we still enjoy your celebration so much. And how long and how far you ran after that first wicket. Congratulations personally today, but commiserations on the result. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Imran. Always like to hear a bowler giving a batsman a bit of stick. <laughs> <laughs> the batting human. I like to say, you know, if the batsman could have just batted to the 40 over three wickets down. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they got a little bit of a muddle, I thought, South Africa. New selection wise, I think they were agreed on that. You know, they, okay, you, you lose a key man, you lose Dale Stain. Uh, 
Miller have played. I mean, I don't know. They, they, but did they take the right options? Do you, do you think with that, or did it really not make? Oh, make you, could, you could point the finger at that, but you know, I think they've, they've got to look more so in, in terms of the eleven that played. Could they have batted better? I thought they were very good in the field. I thought Faf Dupassie was excellent as a captain, tactically getting it right with Imran Tahir. His manoeuvres around mm. the field was excellent. You know, with the bat in hand, I thought they panicked a bit too soon in the middle. If you look at JP Dooman, he came out, he hit a nice four, and then all of a sudden he's get caught at long off, and you think, well, you've just done the damage by getting the boundary. So there was some sloppy batting in the middle, which, you know, I think maybe that's what someone like Joffre Archer can do to the team. Don't underestimate the fact that these players might think that they have to gamble a little bit sooner against other bowlers because they know that Joffre Archer has got more overs to come back with. So that's what a bowler can do to a team. His pace, his accuracy, his skill. You know, that uh, cherry on the top of the cake that we keep talking about, Joffre Archie, it's one big cherry. Yeah. You know, what he can deliver for England, that pace in that first spell, they were rockets. It makes it look so easy too, doesn't it? I mean, it really does, a, it's a, such a, such a lovely rhythm. That's what I love about Archer. I wish I could do that, but um, <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty special to see something like that. You see all the England players obviously love having him in the team. It was obviously, he came in quite late, but you yeah. can't argue with somebody of that that caliber and class he's shown it on the world stage for a few years now and obviously it's obviously england's game the next couple of weeks you, you you know this group very well sam what would they be saying now do you think i mean you know they, they've won that's great and fantastic but would they'll be looking at one or two areas? Uh, i think that they always probably look at the negatives rather than the positives even when they do win games so obviously I reckon, I don't know if there's many negatives from today's performance, they're pretty clinical and um, they don't, they're pretty laid-back dressing room in terms of now they'll probably just be having a, a quiet beer and congratulating the guys that did well um, and probably preparing for the next game on, I don't think it's next week, Monday maybe. Yeah, Monday. But um, yeah, Morgs is pretty laid-back about how he does it. You were clutching your microphone there in a, in a slightly demanding way, <laughs> Andy Zoltzman. What have you got to um, announce? Just a, a, a few stats coming uh, out of today. England, since the uh, 2015 World Cup, have now won 59, lost 23 and tied one. And since 2016 at home, they've won 30 and lost only four with one tie and they're averaging a fraction under 50 per wicket with the bat going at 6.5 runs per over and it's a rare win for England against a top eight side in World Cup cricket in the last six World Cups England have won only five of 22 matches against uh, top eight ranked uh, teams so uh, a welcome uh, welcome win uh, for England in that regard um, and uh, South Africa have uh, not a great record on this ground they've now lost three of their ten matches here so, 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 so they've won 30 and lost four. Well, yeah. that, that, that's uh, yes, so since the start of the 2016 summer. Yeah, that, I mean, that's an incredible record, isn't it, really? I mean, that, 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 that must be up there amongst the best runs by any team of all time, surely, to lose so few games. Amazing percentage, isn't it? Uh, yes, and that, I mean, that, that's at home. And there's been a lot made about how good they are chasing. They've now, uh, uh, at home, won eight out of their last ten batting first as well. So, yeah, either I mean, way, they're, they're tough they're, to beat. One of those four was that semi-final against Pakistan in the Champions Trophy. And, you know, from what I see, it's going to come down to those semi-finals. You know, who do England get in this? I can't see how they don't win enough games to make the top four with the quality that they have. And can they produce the performance like we've seen today, which was smart, clever, calm, Ben Stokes said they were well, all quite hard working too today. I mean, they, they were good today to, to, to be one for one and Bearstow out. I mean, and you can, they could have gone, oh, this, this isn't quite what's supposed yeah, to be happening at all. all. You, you could sense they were a little bit nervous. You could yeah. sense in the warm ups around the group, just speaking to a few of them pre match, it was a different conversation to what we were having, you know, last week against Pakistan. Understandably, it's the World Cup and you, you wake up with different kind of vibes and feelings. And now they've got the first game out of the way and won it and won it well. I can only see them 
gaining more and more confidence. And it will come down to which semi-final venue they play. Does it happen in Manchester or Birmingham? What kind of pitch? You know, from what I've seen today, we thought this pitch was going to have a lot of moisture and, and yes. we, we were kind of concerned about the green grass. Like a lot of the pitches are going to be like this. They're going to be dry. Spin's going to play a massive part. Slower balls, but with that new ball, when you've got someone like Joffrey Archer can bowl bouncers like that, I said before that I think the bouncer is going to be a massive ball in this World Cup. Pacey bouncer, because these white balls aren't swinging, you can't just run up and lob it on a length because you're going to get dispatched. You're going to have to have the variation of pace and that pace element that Archer can bring with the new ball and push them back. Then that fuller ball actually becomes a threat because a batsman's weight will be possibly on that back foot. So when he then throws the fuller ball, it might be that he gets LBWs and balls or snicks because a batsman's not getting his head back into the ball. Having that as a captain, it's, it's an absolute joy to wake up to. When you're the skipper and you, you know Joffre to lob the ball to, it's marvellous. I've got one more niche stat for you. Here Ace. we go. 16 catches today. That's the joint third most in a World Cup match. 15 of them by fielders. Only one catch by a, 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 a wicketkeeper. Um, and uh, that's the most catches by fielders ever in a World Cup game and the second most uh, ever in a one-day international in over 4,000 matches. That's more than a niche stat. That's that a, is very that's nice. A, that's a, that's a top, top, of the, top of the range stat. Um, how Tom be feeling? He's, he's, in there, he's in the squad. It's, it's, it's always so hard when you're not actually quite in, in, involved, isn't it? But yes, you'll take your time, yeah, I suppose. I think, it's hope probably, I think it's much rather be there than on a, on a flat one at Beckham playing the county grind, I think. <laughs> so. yeah. I think, um, no, as we said earlier, he's, all the bowlers are going to get a game here and there. And um, as I, you'd much rather be in the dressing room and being involved in a World Cup than playing four-day cricket for your county team because this only comes once every four years and it's probably the only time that he'll play a World Cup in England so I think if any cricketer in the county circuit was to be carrying drinks in a World Cup you'd probably take it. I think what's important with winning early games if England do that you can get yourself into a position of potentially resting players and making sure that you've got everyone a game come the semi-finals in case yeah. someone goes down injured yeah. that's what winning early in these kind of tournaments can do for a team and the likes of uh, Tom, the likes of uh, James Vince, these kind of players, Liam Dawson, um, you know, that's just wait, waiting in and Mark Wood, they will get games, but it's important that England win because then you can just rest the ones that haven't been playing, the ones that have been playing and uh, get some opportunity out in the middle. Good to have you with us, Sam. Thanks much indeed. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. It's a darn side easier from up here, isn't it? <laughs> Runs, a lot easier, yeah. Wickets, I can, galore. can finally experience what you guys are when you're telling me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> from BBC Radio 5 Live, this is the TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. Well, let's hear from the England captain, Owen Morgan, then he's with NASA Hussain. Owen, first game, after all the hype and all the build-up, you must be thrilled with that performance. Yeah, delighted to be off and running in the tournament. I think when you put in a performance like that on top of it, it's more satisfying than normal. I thought we were uh, very good today. I thought we fought ourselves individually and as a batting unit throughout the whole of the first innings. Both South Africa's good bowling and the wicket didn't allow us to get well execute our plan A, which is try and score a, uh, quite a considerable total. Um, but I thought the maturity and, and smart cricket that we played, I thought shows probably our improvement in the last two years and our experience as well. And everybody that came in sort of agreed that the score that we had put on the board was both competitive, competitive and probably above par. Because people have accused you maybe are flat track bullies and you get 370, 380. When it is sticking the pitch and you have to work out a good score, 
You did that really well. How impressed were you with Ben Stokes, for example, down the order? Yeah, extremely impressed. Uh, he's had a full day out today, Ben. Even that catch in the outfield is absolutely outstanding. So to have a, a match winner like that in your side, and, and he is a day out, obviously lifts absolutely everybody. Um, and I thought the bowling unit really did get off to a great start and continue to, to learn from watching the first innings, watching the South African guys, the way they executed and what they did, and then learn from it and then put it into a place in the second innings. Talk about match winners, you found one with the ball in Archer. That was some spell, slowish pitch to get it through like that. Slowish pitchy ball, fast and, and accurate. Um, and it's, it's outstanding for a young, a young guy just starting his international career. He's taking everything in his stride at the moment, everything we're putting on his lap, he's improving every day. Uh, so that's very exciting. One thing that often tells where a team is, is their fielding display. That was outstanding today, that will give you a lot of pleasure. Yeah, a huge amount of pleasure. Um, it's, an, it's an area that we're always trying to improve on. We won't have days like this every time we go out, but certainly we're looking for match-winning contributions in the field. You know, the odd run out, the odd catch. And if we drop it or miss it, that's absolutely fine. We're, we're, we're looking to be or, or experiment in the field. Well, every experiment is working. Pakistan on Monday, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Thanks, us. So, what are the South Africans thinking? The former captain, Graham Smith, has been speaking to Eleanor Oldroyd. All our fears kind of came true today, I think, up against a really strong team in England and, uh, you know, bowling depth and options are there. You know, some of the selection things that South Africa were debating. Um, but, uh, you know, the balance and the batting, I guess, is the weak part for South Africa. And, and you know, chasing 300 against a very good England team uh, just never really looked in it. Mm. Do you think that they gave themselves the best possible chance, though, with the way they bowled against England? Well, in, England bat really deep and have a lot of options. And I think once that platform was there at 100, uh, 100 odd for one, you know, South Africa really needed to, to, to get a clump of wickets. That, I think they stayed in the game. They were professional. They were neat. They were tidy without uh, really, like, setting the world alight. But... You know, um, I think South Africa winning the toss would have hoped that they could have had England like 30 for four or something, which would have given them a real hope. Uh, but once England got 311, it was going to be interesting to see, you know, if all our fears about South African batting lineup was was real. And yeah, they never really got anything going. Number three team in the world, though. You talk about the fears about South Africa. Is it to do with the fact that? it's not been the happiest history for South Africa in this competition no 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 I don't think it's got anything to do with that I just think it's up against a very good England team and uh, you know I performed on the day really I mean it's just it's been a skill thing today and I think uh, you know South Africa you know we'll beat we'll beat teams and, and hopefully we'll get something going in this World Cup but playing against the favourites uh, in the first game of the World Cup they've, they've looked uh, you know a, a lot short, shorter on a gallop than England it's a long competition, though, isn't it, though, with, you know, eight more games to play. Where do you think they can finish? Well, South Africa's three games in seven days and two of them are up against the favourites uh, with England first and then obviously India, um, you know, around the corner and Bangladesh in between. So, you know, uh, there's still a lot of cricket, as you said. It's, it's about remaining even, you know, not getting too high or too low depending on the results and you know, staying focused. And, you know, if they can get a win against Bangladesh and get into the competition, you know, there's no reason why they can't qualify for, for the semi-final. And what did you think of the way that Faf Duplessis rotated his bowlers in that England innings? I thought he captained well. I thought he tried to stay ahead of the game, you know, using key players at key times to try and pick up wickets because that's the only way you can control a really deep, powerful batting lineup like England. I thought, I thought he had a good day. I think, if anything, you know, South Africa could have done a little bit better in the run chase. I think some of the shot-making, decision-making at certain times has let them down. But, um, yeah, again, so the big question mark will be for the rest of the tournament will be this balance of the team against uh, and the batting lineup. And looking ahead, of course, Dale Stain still to come back. He is. I, I, I'm a bit nervous about Dale. I mean, you know, 
just that shoulders niggled him a little bit. He's, he's obviously broke it before, so you know we'd like to see him playing. I mean, um, you know he's such a key member. It also adds a, a, a bit more sting to that uh, bowling lineup. So yeah, let's see. They're yeah, saying game three, so let's see if he if he can make it. The TMS podcast at the Cricket World Cup. So the England all rounder Sam Curran's been with us in the Test match special box today. Sam, uh, welcome to the TMS podcast. I actually used to play against your late father Kevin but there are three current boys playing after all they're all very different it is it is weird obviously um, Ben's an out and out batter he opens the batting at Northampton um, and then Tom's balls right high ball left so I think my, my dad and mum growing up probably just wanted us to be yeah. totally different so there's no arguments against each other but you could probably say we uh, copied a lot of international players growing up in the garden and things like that but um, I think we're very competitive. I mean, I, I did know your dad pretty well. Right? <laughs> he 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 was he was a competitor, and you can see that in in, in your eyes and Tom's eyes and so on. I can imagine there must have been some interesting games in the garden. Definitely, I think that's the natural spirit. I feel every family that's got three boys and loves sport are always going to be competitive. A lot of a lot of fighting in the garden in terms of if I was out or not. If, yeah. Like you hit out the tennis court or something, you get given out. But um, everyone loves hitting sixes, so you always had to take the take the hit and six and out as you, as they call it but um yeah it is i think now is we're probably not as competitive as we are well we are obviously competitive on the wicket but at home and stuff it's more of a bit of friendly banter between us and why did you play that shot what are you doing there silly all this kind of things but um do you help each other you, you and tom particularly i mean with the england setup yeah we do i think obviously he plays in games that i don't play in and i play in games that he doesn't play in so it's just feeding off each other's information like he went to the IPL the year before this year and he brought back experience that he led on to me going into my first IPL so things like that does really help but um, it's just good having a brother who does the same thing so you can get lifts to the ground and things like that it's actually oh, I see. There's Poor benef- older brother there's benefits away from the game rather than actually on the on the pitch but um, yeah. No, it's all it's all good. Obviously, we probably you're very similar. Are you, are you, I think we are. Yeah, we've got, all got very similar interests. We love we love playing golf and on the outfield and golf and just golf in general and mess around chipping in the garden and things like that. But um, it's all good. It's great to be here, especially today. Obviously, Tom didn't play, but um, first World Cup in England for him and his first World Cup as a player. So hopefully, he gets a go and he can show the world how good he is. Well, your dad, of course, played in the '83 World Cup, and I mean that. that amazing victory uh, over Australia at, at Trent Bridge. Did, I mean, do you know anything about that? Have you read anything about it? Did, did he used to talk about it? I mean, it was... It, 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 I mean, it blew people away, really, and that generation of, of Zimbabweans actually, I knew very well. I played club cricket out there and coached out there. Duncan Fletcher was my yeah. was my club captain and so on. Of course, I was captain of Zimbabwe. Then David Houghton, all these sort of names. Yeah, I think, obviously, it was a long time before I was born, yes. so... Obviously, I didn't really know much about it as I was growing up, but as I got older, you, you read books, you look at pictures, you watch old videos that, with those blurry screens and things like that. It's a lot different to now, but um, I think when I was in India, actually, a lot of the, the local Indians knew a lot about that in, that World Cup. I think it might have been the 87 World Cup, it was in India. It is, well, the 83 was the one when um, Zimbabwe beat, beat Australia. Yeah, yeah so it's all... It was all just good. It's good to look back Seems on it. Seems like ancient video. history for you. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's over. It's a long time ago, but it is, it's obviously great for, especially now, Ben's playing in Northampton where my dad played for many years as yes. well. So it's pretty, pretty nice connection there that he's bringing the family name through again at Northampton, which, which is really 
proud moment for our family and obviously hopefully one day we'll all be playing for the same team together which will be the dream no that'll be brilliant i, th I think i did tell you uh, on the last tour that, that, that as a batsman sam i was a complete coward okay <laughs> i i mean i was I, I hated facing fast bowling and the reason for that uh, is this rather nasty scar that i got inside my lip here not wearing a helmet. I wasn't wearing a helmet. It was a friendly game in Harare, and a very unpleasant fast bowler called Kevin Curran bowled me a bouncer <laughs> and hit me straight in the mouth. And I was carted off. And He'd never be bowling up. bouncers when no one's got he, a helmet on. He bowled a bouncer at me, and I was stitched up by, by a nurse in that's Harare the, Hospital. That's the competitive spirit of the family coming through. There had, you go. Had, he had to put it in. It was a friendly game, and I've ne I never got over it. Unfortunately, it actually rather shattered my confidence. So we always used to have some good humdinging arguments. But he, now, he, I've heard a lot of stories that he was very competitive. Very competitive. So but I think uh, that's where we probably get our competitive competitiveness from. Yeah, but good, a, good, a good cricketer. I mean, you have got some footage of him playing, have you? you oh see? yeah, of course. We yeah. look look at things and try and obviously, growing up, he always tried to make us his do his action and all these kind of things. But um, I think Tom. Tom mentioned the other day as well, he probably looked up to guys like Brett Lee and he's, some guys say he's got a similar action to that, but obviously that's I think why we've seen bowlers, because he was seen bowlers, but um, always in the garden throwing balls, growing up and things yeah. like that. So You seemed like Brett Lee to me that day. <laughs> <laughs> it might be flattering him a little bit. He would bit, take that he... as a compliment. <laughs> no, I, I, I think he would. Let's talk about the IPL then, because that, um, I mean, that experience for you to go there as a marquee player at the age of 20, that, that, that's a bit of pressure on, on young shoulders, isn't it? I mean, to go into that tournament with so much expectation. How did you feel about that when you turned up? Yeah, it was. I think it was when I went out there, obviously, I, it was my first time playing cricket in India. So the first thing I went to. First, first time ever being? First time ever being in India. Wow, OK. So I had heard a lot about in terms of, oh, it's a great place in terms of the crowds and things like that. But I don't think you can really imagine what it's like until you get there. No. I've landed in, um, I think I flew into Delhi and then on to Mahali. I walked out the the airport, got in the cab, and back in the hotel, and it's just fans everywhere, literally. And I was just like, "This is, this is weird. I'm I'm a nobody. I don't even." These guys were like asking for selfies and things like that. And I just, ever since the day you arrive in India and they know you're playing cricket there, they just want to be involved. Um, it was a lot of expectation going into the competition, but I almost went there with an open mindset that. I've never been to India. Let's just give it my best shot and see how we go. And I think I play my best cricket when I'm not overthinking the game. Um, I think if I'm worried about what people think and what people are worrying about the outcome, it's, I'm just trying to go there with the, the mindset of watch the ball and bowl the ball. Yeah. The first game was a bit, it didn't go terribly well, did it? Yeah. <laughs> just, just, I played against Just. Yes. Just actually got hold of me a bit in the, in the first power play. So. And then it's more of a welcome to the IPL, Sam. <laughs> I had a bit of banter with him, but um, nice. No, it was great. It's, it's, the amount of players you get there that are world class is pretty special. The local Indian players, the young guys, I was amazed with the, the way these guys hit a cricket ball, the skills, so many mystery spinners. You face yes. spin if you could bat for two days in the nets, and these got these net bowlers keep coming at you. And um, didn't start great in terms of personally, but then found my feet a little bit and managed to end on a good note yeah youngest person to take a hat trick for a start that was the second game wasn't it got yeah against um, well, well come on come on, talk, talk me talk me through that because that must have been incredible but was it was it at Mahali? yeah so we're playing Delhi they need about 30 of 28 balls but we thought the game was gone and one of our one of our local guys got a run out and um, it almost changed the game that Rishabh Pant is a local Indian guy is really 
really good player. Yes, he he played in the test team last summer. He yeah. managed to get 100 here, actually, at the Oval. Um, I actually didn't know I'd got the hat-trick when I, it happened. The noise was literally the loudest thing I've ever heard. And I looked on the screen and it said hat-trick. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was in the moment. How do you not know you've taken a hat-trick? No idea. It was... I was defending 15 off the last over and um, right. I got a wicket and obviously I was only worried about the runs so that was just a bonus. The main thing is we ended up winning the game and um, it was just a great place to play cricket. I've heard so many stories about it but the love for cricket in India is insane. Yeah. And life itself, I mean, life as an IPL player for you, for an overseas player, you, you presumably can't just pop round the shops, can you? I mean, what, what, are you, are you sort of almost holed up in, in, a, uh, in a hotel? You do spend a lot, lot of time at the hotels. Luckily enough, the hotels are pretty nice, so you do get to go down by the pool and things like that. But now nah, there's not, you know, you play games that start at 8 p.m., so they finish at one, one in the morning, and yeah. you get back. You, by the time you're in bed, it's three o'clock. So I think. Um, it's, that's the thing about the IPL. It's very everything's done so late, um, and your adrenaline. You get back to the hotel, you can't get to sleep. No, you no. still think about the game and things like that. But um, a lot of travel days, and it's an amazing tournament. The, I think the thing that makes the best thing is the players they get there are just the best players in the world in terms of the strikers, the bowlers, and um, I think that's why it's probably the best T20 tournament. And you all get to know each other pretty well. I'm thinking of the Aussies and the Ashes and, and, and so on. I was interested to see Johnny Bairstow and David Warner back together. <laughs> the little bromance. <laughs> I know, well, exactly. It, was, it, it seemed like it. I'm but sure you got some to... stick for the photos that were flying around. <laughs> I would think so. But, it, but I guess it is that sort of atmosphere. But, but, I mean, the Ashes for you now, I mean, that, you know, you've only got a little niggle at the moment, haven't you? But yeah. you, you, you'll, you'll, you'll shrug that off. I mean, that, that's your sight now, is it? Let get... Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously... 1st of August is the first test, so um, obviously we're going to try putting some county performances for yeah. the, get into some form hopefully. And um, yeah, I think there's a game against Ireland at Lords, the, the test there match, is. so hopefully get selected for that. But um, I think that's the pinnacle for any players playing test cricket in the Ashes. It's pretty in England as well. It'll be an amazing summer, hopefully, after England are World Cup winners. That's yes. the main aim. But um, Ashes is obviously in the back of my mind, but trying to take one game at a time. OK, Sam, thanks very much. Look out on tomorrow's podcast for a fascinating insight into Adil Rashid's bowling. We've got Josh Butler to interview him on the psychology of leg spin. So Andy Zaltzman's with me. What's the first match you saw involving Sam's dad, Kevin? Uh, it was, yeah, 1983. Right. Uh, the World Cup. Dates you a bit. Went to Tunbridge Wells. Oh, where yes. I, where I grew up for uh, the only um, exciting thing that's ever happened in Tunbridge Wells, in fact. And um, uh, Zimbabwe were playing India, and uh, Kevin Curran opened the bowling uh, with Peter Rawson. They reduced it to 17 for five. They, for, they uh, had the real trouble, didn't Kapil they? Kapil Dev made an incredible uh, 175 yeah. not out, and that turned India's campaign around, and they ended up... Winning the uh, winning the tournament. Yeah. So um, yeah, the four, four times I've uh, well the first this is the fourth World Cup I've been to matches at, and the team that I've seen seen win in the first game has gone on to win the tournament each time. So oh. that's, you know I, that's the kind of power I wield. In yeah, cricket. this absolutely. is now in the bag for England. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's actually yeah, that's rather good, isn't it? Now look, we often get emails uh, on TMS saying that people are listening from all corners of the world. Uh, today we've had emails for people in Greece. Uh, USA, Borneo, uh, Germany, and we want to find the most unlikely place that people are listening to this podcast. So preferably not in a cricket-playing country. Email us with where you're listening. TMS at bbc.co.uk. Put podcast, if you can, uh, in the title. So TMS at bbc.co.uk. Put podcast in the title. 
Any thoughts you've got on the least cricketing place that you could listen to this podcast? I've got one or two. The Kremlin? <laughs> or even the White House? I mean. that, yes, that might, that, that might be unlikely. Um, I, I know that we have had listeners uh, aboard nuclear submarines of patrolling round in random parts of the world. Right, that's not unusual. what you want to hear if there's a particularly exciting game going on, is it? No, well, no, and not if they sort of suddenly disappear. Uh, but also, actually, we have had, I know, emails from... There's a very obscure weather station down on Antarctica where people go and sort of hide for months. And I think it's always dark. Uh, and they've got the cricket crackling through. So that, that's, a, that's a sort of... Thing, laughter, I think. A bit of history of cricket in Antarctica, isn't there? I guess you've got natural sight screens, which probably you do. helps cut down our. play with the red ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the sort of thing. Where are you listening uh, to this podcast? And uh, I don't know if there's a prize or anything for the least cricketing place that, uh, that you come up with, but uh, send us that email tms at bbc.co.uk. Put podcast in the title. How do we prove it? How do we prove? Oh, you can't prove... They are actually where they are. You can't prove anything in, in the world these days, Agus. We just have to accept that. We'll accept you at your word. Finally, uh, Andy, I have here a very crumpled envelope because everybody who takes part in the TMS podcast uh, during this World Cup uh, is going to be involved in a sweepstake uh, to, uh, to guess, I suppose, who the leading run scorer is going to be. Tuffers has done quite well with Ross Taylor. I think someone's already got Kane Williamson. It's a horrible-looking crumple envelope. Um, go on, you're going to pull your name out of there. I don't generally have very good luck with sweepstakes. I did I. referees in the Football World Cup last year, and my ref didn't even give out a single yellow card, so it was a huge disappointment. <laughs> well, let's have a look. Go on, delve in there. Oh, you got, oh you've taken two. Are well, you going to take that one? Take the first one. Yeah, you're taking the first one. Uh, it is Baba Azam. Oh, of uh, got a got a shout. Yeah. I'm not sure they're going to go into the latter Might stages. Not play but, all the games, yeah. perhaps. Okay, shall I pull mine out? Uh, here we go. Um, I've got. Um, I've got. Oh, you look very pleased. I'm with quite pleased. I'm quite pleased with this. I've got Aaron Finch. Right. That's a definite potential. I think it's probably going to be an opener. I'm quite. I'm. I'm, I'm not upset with opener that. opener or Coley. I'm not. I'm not upset with that. So there we go. Um, that's our sweepstake. What's a suitable prize? We'll leave you, the listener, to think of a suitable prize for the winner of this particularly silly sweepstake. But I'm quite pleased with that. I'm going to tuck it away so no one can steal it. Hi, this is Josh Butler. Thanks for listening to the TMS podcast and the Cricket World Cup. Uh, I don't really listen to it because I enjoy the Peter Crouch one more. Uh, tail Enders is all right, but uh, if it's any good, uh, you can also email the team on tms at bbc.co.uk. Put podcasts in the title and explain the rules of cricket to them. Laws of cricket.